This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 142. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hey, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture one cast listing minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. How's it going, Pop? All right. We're almost at the end. We're we're, we're deep into the credits now. (laughs) This minute starts with my hero and yours... 
the wonderful team of Elaine and Saul Bass. And it ends uh, with the terrorized waiter, Paul Muji, and the bouncer, Norman Barbera, in the cast in order of appearance. So there you go. So Which we is got, the we... fair way to put a cast up. It really is, but they don't only do that. What's interesting is that as we go through the cast listing in the credits, there's like three tiers of cast, by the way. Well, there's a lot of union rules for that. There's, so. the, ca- there's the cast, and then there's the cast in order of appearance, and then there's everybody else. I do like the inception of Elaine and Saul Bass's Bonk. credit for doing the titles, and they did their own title of their own credit. Like It just keeps going in a circle. Do you think so. they made them a little bit bigger than everybody else's? I think they did. Imperceptibly larger. <laughs> do you notice that watching these credits, that they kind of shake? Yes, because we discussed this way back in the very beginning. They, they shoot. No, I know. Yeah. They're shot. They're not, they're not digital. They are yeah. photographed. So, yep. Yeah. Optically produced. Right. Yeah, it's great. You, if you really stare at them like you're doing one minute at a time, it starts to freak your eye out because they are moving yeah. constantly. It's freaky. It's very freaky. So we go through the rest of the uh, technical crew. And then we get to the cast, and uh, we get you know De Niro, Leota, Pesci, Bracco, Sorvino as the main cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it, it, the the order was interesting. Yeah, James Conway, which was a bit formal. Henry, <laughs> he's first, which is interesting. Henry, because maybe because De Niro's the, the biggest, biggest actor. Star, yeah. Henry Hill, yeah. Tommy DeVito, Karen Hill, and Paul Cicero, and I was like, "Yep, that's right. That's not, you know, that's correct." Not Thomas DeVito, by the way. Interesting. He was Tommy dead. DeVito. Yeah, he was dead. Yeah. Well, Tommy DeVito doesn't exist. Right. No. It's a, he's, a, he's a pastiche, as we've talked about previously. So, so you get that, and then in the second page of the A-list characters, who is number one? Carbone. Frankie Carbone, Frank Civero. And then Sonny Buns, and then Frenchie. It's like our favorite... Yep. Yeah, that's a great. That's a no. Honestly, this is this is a great list. This is so you got Carbone as f- played by Frank Sivero, Sonny Buns by Tony Tony Darrow, <laughs> then you got Frenchie by Mike Starr, then you got Billy Bats by Frank Vincent, then you got Morris Kessler, almost, almost Frank Zappa, <laughs> Morris Kessler played by Chuck Lowe, Tootie Cicero by Frank DeLeo. Remember we talked about yep. Frank DeLeo. Yep. And then it ends with Henny Youngman as himself. <laughs> One of these does not belong. One of these guys had had two lines in the movie. <laughs> what, what's nice though is that in this one, I guess we'll get to, it, but in this one it's it's Henny Youngman and Jerry Vale as themselves, but Bobby Vinton is Robbie Vinton. Well, because it's his it's son, son. Robbie. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Henny Youngman's 140 years old. You tell me, come on. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Bobby Vinton was dead. I don't. I don't know. I think he was because I think he was. That's a good question. Robbie Vinton wasn't playing himself as his dad. Yeah. Once again, I am incorrect. Bobby Vinton is, in fact, still alive. (laughs) (laughs) He is 80, and he's doing great in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's where he was born. I don't know where he's living right now, but he's he's doing great. Oh, yeah, he lives in the Gulf Coast in Inglewood, Florida. He's living life. Right now, he's listening to the show, and he's he's spitting mad at his computer. If you are Bobby Bobby Vinton, Vinton, if you're listening to the show, please email us at Contact a Goodfellas Minute. You, whenever, whenever I hear the name Bobby Vinton, I see that little wink nod thing he does. Yes, with the when the, and the, Every, the, the, the salute, the salute, yep. right? <laughs> yeah, it's a three-part move with a wink nod salute. And if you mention, it doesn't matter what is going on. Every time the words Bobby Vinton are together, I hear that, and I also hear a little champagne cork pop in my head. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one night Bobby Vinton sent them champagne. Um, Roses are red. 
I thought it was interesting that Tommy's mother and Vinny, played by Catherine Scorsese and Charles Scorsese, are listed back to back. Do you think that was done on purpose, or did he did he group them together? Yes, or, yeah. I think he always groups them together. Then we get uh, on the same page as Bobby Vinton, played by Robbie Vinton. We see Spider by Michael Imperioli. We see Michael Hill by Kevin Corrigan. Right? Mm. I'm just going to read credits now. Yeah, this would be great. <laughs> this is great radio. This is just... <laughs> All right, but, but it's, interesting I... because, what's interesting is because then after that, it specifies the cast now as the Cicero's 50s crew. Right. I My favorite group is Women at Cosmetics Party. <laughs> That's my favorite group. Wait, who is Dr. Dan? I don't know who Dr. Dan is. <laughs> well, he was played by uh, Daniel P. Conti, but we. <laughs> These are all the guys who are standing outside the cab stand. That, remember back when we didn't know who the mystery mobster was? If we had just looked at the credits, we would have seen Ronald McCone. Right, as Ronnie. Doctor, we could have been, easily been Dr. Dan. Who the hell is that guy? Yeah, exactly. And who's Tony? A, Dr. Dan's a great mob name. Dr. Dan is a great mob. I see the doctor. Save that. We're using that. <laughs> One of you is getting a doctor nickname. So sorry. Anthony, there's Anthony, uh, Anthony Stabile. Frank Adonis. Yeah, I feel like Anthony Stabile got the, sh- the short end of the stick here, listed below two characters who don't even have names. Yeah. He's all over the book. He's, he's all over the book, and he's in the movie a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whenever, the, whenever there's somebody, it's, it's Anthony Stabile. Oh, oh, Anthony. He can City talk detective number one, book. city detective number two. He's below them in the credits. Yeah. Huh. I'd complain, Connor, but who would listen? Oh. <laughs> I like that uh, Saul and Elaine gave us time to read through everything. Like, they I did. noticed that these screens were up long enough. I, I timed it. I was like, okay, can I read through all of it? What, I can. What I, did a good what, job. What, what, what's fascinating about that, though, is that when you get to Women at Cosmetics Party, and we get Angie, Rosie, and Susan... And then there's no other subcategory designator. The next one is Tommy's girlfriend at the Copa, and then Joe Buddha. Yeah, it's weird. If you were looking at this, this screen, you'd think that Edward McDonald was at the cosmetics party. No, but he which, wasn't. Which, I, by the way, at, he really should have been. <laughs> don't give me the rouge routine. Come on, <laughs> Come on uh, you don't co- need a foundation. <laughs> also... What, what I, I don't think I ever noticed before and find really fascinating is the use of the at symbol. Yes. It seems very yeah. incongruous. And it also seems very ahead of its time in 1990. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, So then after that grouping, we then move into the smaller fonted in order of appearance cast, uh, which is just filled with wonderful non-name and named people, such as Young Henry Sister number two and Liquor Cop number two. And Frankie and the Wop. We see Frankie the Wop, we Who's see been... Freddie Nonos, we wait, see Pat and Wait, Frankie the Wop is played by Tony Lip. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. There's nothing not nice about that. And then in, in that, there's Henry's 60s crew and Cicero's 60s crew, which are just dudes. I wanted to also point out my favorite name from this. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Frenchie's Wife. As portrayed by... Uh, nope. Frenchie's Wife as portrayed by Lo Nardo. Oh, right. Lo Nardo, right. Yeah. Which, by the way... Was an also known as because if you look her up, it's Lo Nardo, one word. Jeez, Lo Nardo. She's got the she's got the one credit, right? This and no other information. I can't tell you about Lo Nardo, but she, she apparently she would prefer that she's a, a singular name. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that it took us this long to actually. I'm I'm upset. If I could turn back time, <laughs> I might go back to September or August and suggest that we refer to the credits. 
earlier <laughs> because I feel like it could have solved a lot of other questions. <laughs> what could we talk about now? Well, we, had, well, we hadn't gotten there yet. Did did we know that the bleeding man was played by John D. Vendetto? <laughs> I mean, no. But did we no? need to know? I don't know. Maybe you're, you're a real jerk. You didn't go check those those credits. <laughs> I like to also just point out because this is this is the last time I get to do this part of my job on this show. Uh, we've transitioned from uh, my way back into, which is interesting, Dakota for Lalo, Layla, Lalo, Leonardo got it. Got me again. <laughs> of course, the piano played by drums played by and the melody written by psychopath jim gordon there it is just, there it is bring him up one more time was he psychopath or was he mentally unstable oh yeah you know he was uh, he was mentally unstable he had a schizophrenic belief everyone is very interested in what we have to say about these credits but however i think ron we need to move on to the next segment of this episode in which we discuss uh, so last yesterday we discussed what happened to the characters are the real people after the movie ended but now we yep. need to discuss what happened to uh, Goodfellas after the movie ended. To the Goodfellas, the movie itself. Right. You're going to like right. this guy. Goodfella. Okay, so the movie comes out September 21st, 1990. Okay. Uh, my mother's birthday, which is interesting. September 21st, 1990. Well, no. Well, um, she was No. <laughs> yeah, like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, so it opened in 1,070 theaters that weekend. And it had an opening weekend gross. Now I want you to consider this in you know when you think about opening weekend grosses. What we you know after we just had the train wreck of Batman Superman recently, and then there was Deadpool a couple of months ago, and things like that. You know the big movie openings that we've been dealing with. So Goodfellas in 1990 opening weekend gross 6.3 million. Right. So it wasn't a, a huge open. In today's dollars is about 11 and a half, which is still not huge. Not great. It would it would be right. it would be not great, right? It, well, because because also I mean it 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 opened. I mean I, I don't know how many theaters there were in 1990, but I got a feeling like there were more than a thousand. However, it opened at number one. Right. True. Good point. Yeah. This was different. This was right. a different time. It's a different time. True. Like this yeah. is all. Like this is probably just before the winning the opening weekend was the most important thing. Potentially, winning. I don't know when that switched. That like Katzenberg memo era, so that would have been a couple of years after this, like Jurassic Park, maybe or no, 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 no. They yeah. always wanted to win the opening week. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's not well, so it's not just to the get... extent now where it matters so much. Where if you don't do 150 million, I think the only failure. difference yeah. is that the way it's reported. Just to give you, just to give you context, or just kind of give you an idea, um, it was the number one opening movie in a thousand theaters. Um, oh yeah, it looks as if there's only like fifteen hundred theaters around. That's the most. Uh, the other movies in the weekend, the number two movie was Postcards from the Edge, mm-hmm. right? Which earned only forty, like forty thousand less than Goodfellas. Like talk about by, Ooh, by a neck thread. and neck. Yeah, uh, the number three movie was Ghost. All right, huge remember hit. Ghost? Huge hit. Huge hit. Huge hit. That was Big. in the eleventh week of release, by the way. Big year for uh, music licensing. Yeah. The fourth movie on the gross that weekend was Narrow Margin. Never heard of it. Dude, don't remember. The number five movie was Funny About Love. Never heard of it. The number six movie was Death Warrant. Never heard of it. Patrick Swayze? The number... No. The number uh, seven... Steven Seagal? I'm looking it up. Uh, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme. One of them. The number seven movie was Flatliners. Yes. We remember, okay. we remember that? Yes. The number eight movie was Presumed Innocent. Okay. The number nine movie was Dark Man. Whoa! Really? Wow. And the rainy. number and the number ten movie was Hardware. 
What? Now, I would normally would stop at number 10, but I'm going to keep going. Number 11 was Men at Work. Nice. Which is a great movie. Great movie. And number 12 was Young Guns 2. He knows too Look much. Look at you. Yep. You, Emilio Estevez. Back to back Emilio Estevez pictures. Yep. I'll tell you so something. That, that's winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw uh, Men at Work in the theater in 1990. I didn't, but I did see Dark Man and I did see Ghost. Yeah, I did see Young Guns 2. I did see Men at Work. And Young Guns 2, yes, for sure. Yeah. I don't think uh, that I saw any of these in the theater. Yeah. I do know that as soon as you said Postcards from the Edge, I thought Princess Leia wrote that. Yes. I do find it funny that as I'm, I'm getting this data from Box Office Mojo, and I do like that in the page for Goodfellas and Box Office Mojo, they give you the all the money and all stuff like that. And under the players section, it says the director is Martin Scorsese. Actors, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Paul Servino, Samuel L. Jackson, and Vincent Gallo. But they have asterisks denoting minor <laughs> roles for those two. <laughs> like, why would you list Vincent Gallo? He's gaming the system. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, all right. So its total gross, its total earnings in the theater was $46 million. Which is the $84 million in today's dollars. On what budget? That's what I'm trying to find out right now. It was not a huge hit. It was not a huge hit. Not a huge hit. Um, but you would think that this is the kind of movie that will do well come award season, right? It, yes. So in terms of awards, I'm only going to focus on the Academy Awards. I'm not going to well, get into the... hold on. $25 what, you million. Want, you, you wanted, what, the budget was $25 million? The budget was $25 million. All right, so... 46.8. Yeah, it's profitable, not too bad. Profitable. Yeah, profitable. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, that's theater. If you think about yeah. it, in that time since then... This is really what they want, is this movie that lives on in syndication. and or I don't know if that's the right word, but you know it's like shown on TV all the time and, and yeah. you know, home video sales. We've each bought three versions of it. You know, like. yeah. So, Connor, do you, do, you want, do you want to do the Golden Globes as well, or what do you want to do for the... It was nominated for and won many awards. Well, no, okay. Well, all right. well yes, it was nominated for and won many, many awards. Many. I mean, its first award, it won the Silver Lion Award for Best Direction, right? And, yeah. and that, that, that's a big deal. But, you know, and it won, I mean, it won, like, Best Film and Best Director at the National Society of Film Critics. You know, it won Best Film, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Screenplay at the Chicago Film Critic. Like, it's a hit with the film critics, right? Yeah. I mean, it is just it is just a, the Venice Film Festival, the New York Film Critics Circle Award, the L.A. Film Critics, National Border Review. Like, these are all wins. Right. Okay? Then we get to the Writers Guild, and Best Adapted Screenplay, it was nominated. It did not win. Okay? Then the Directors Guild Award for Outstanding Directing in a Feature, Martin Scorsese was nominated. He did not win. Right. Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves won. Right. And I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold back for that. All right. So then we get to the Golden Globes, okay? And the Golden Globes, as we all know, is the Foreign Press Association, right? Well, hold on. It won Best Film, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Editing, Best Costume for a British Academy Award. Yeah, it was the British Academy Award. Whatever. Well, you know. <laughs> so I say in the Golden Globes, it was nominated for Best Screenplay, Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Motion Picture, Drama. It did not win any of them. Right. The ones who won were, so let's see, so best screenplay in the goal, the 48th Golden Globes. The best screenplay went to Dance of the Wolves. Okay. The best supporting actress went to Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Yes. Okay. The best supporting actor 
went to Bruce Davison for longtime companion. Hmm. I really like Bruce Davison. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so there you go. Best director. I just got distracted by Kyle McLaughlin winning best actor in TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> best director went to Kevin Costner, Dance of the Wolves. And best motion picture drama uh, went to Dance of the Wolves. Mm-hmm. That was the Golden Globes. That was the tale of the Golden Globes. Right. All right. I'm holding off any comments until this. So now we get to the Academy Awards. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the 63rd Academy Awards, 1990. It is nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Lorraine Bracco. Best Supporting Actor, Joe Pesci. Best Adapted Screenplay, Martin Scorsese and Nicholas Pileggi. Best Film Editing, Thelma Schoonmacher. Best Director, Martin Scorsese. And Best Picture, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Produced by Martin Scorsese, Erwin Winkler. Okay, so Best Supporting Actress does not win. Lorraine Bracco loses. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Yes, yeah, as Oda Mae Brown. She's good now. Okay. Do, do we care who else was, uh, was uh, no, nominated? No, no. Diane, Diane Ladd. Time issues here. I understand. Best Supporting Actor, Joe Pesci does win. He beats out Bruce Davidson. <laughs> Davidson. <laughs> Do you think Bruce Davidson was like, he, he wins the Golden Globe, and he's like, this is my year. <laughs> All right, anyway. Okay, moving on. Best Adapted Screenplay, it does not win. Instead, Dances with Wolves wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best Film Editing, does not win. Neil Travis wins for Dance of the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Do you see a theme going on here? Yes. Best Director, Kevin Costner wins for Dance of the Wolves. And Best Picture goes to Dances of the Wolves. Right. To which I say, what the fuck was wrong with the Academy in 1990? Same thing that is now? You have to understand, oh. the Academy, especially then, was full of older members who the Western is the seminal American film experience for. Oh, God damn it. Okay, here's, here's whenever this comes up, I get very heated, I get very upset, and I've been able to calm it down, and I distill it down to one question. Mm-hmm. Since 1990, how many times have you seen Dance of, Dances with Wolves? Twice. 10 or 15, probably. Okay, I have not. Right. That movie can go fuck itself. I have not. Goodfellas, on the other hand, we've watched millions of times. It, it is a movie that has lasted the test You have of not time. watched millions of times. Hundreds of times. Possibly. I'll take, give me hundreds of times. I'll take hundreds of times. I don't know about um, hundreds. I think, I think Come what, on, also, hundreds. what also represents how much the Academy had its head up its ass in 1990, best original song went to Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man from Dick Tracy. Great song. And Blaze of Glory from Young Guns 2 did not win. <laughs> so you tell he brings, me. Hey, Connor, he brings up a very good point. Thank you. Listen, he was shot down in a blaze of glory. Down! In a blaze of glory. I did not do that harmony. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great I song. I do that harmony. I was way off of that note, but the point being. Yeah. Anyway, so th- so to me, this is, the, this is the great tragedy. This should have been Marty's Oscar. This should have been Marty's moment. And we had to wait for the freaking Depotted. Hindsight. It's, I mean. Yeah. Maybe the movie hadn't sunk in at that point. Yeah. Which is somewhat valid. So now, if the movie came out today and it was judged by its Rotten Tomato score or its Metacritic score or whatnot, as movies are now, currently right now it has a 96% in Rotten Tomatoes. The average rating is a 9 out of 10. A Metacritic has got an 89 out of 100. So, like, it's still, it's, you know, the reviews were, were immensely positive. 
And it's actually ranked as the number one best movie by Roger Ebert, Gene Siskel, and Peter Travers. Their best movies in 1990. Tragic. It's just tragic. The, the other thing to look at is it, it was kind of a downer. Like, it, it's a violent movie. It's a criminal movie. It's not really a hero to root for. It's not... You mean you it, mean that you don't think they rooted for Ed McDonald? They, come on, I, come on, know, Josh. Come on. Don't give me that routine, Josh. <laughs> come on, don't give me the downer routine. Well, you know, Dances Wolves is a downer, too. Oh, Dances yeah, Wolves is awful. That's just, because, that's just because Kevin Costner can't emote. No, it's a tragedy. Joy overwhelmed my heart as I watched across the plains. I love that movie. I know I, you do. I know you do, and I don't understand, and it bothers me. Like it keeps, like literally, keeps me up at night. Well, he's he's got a he's got a he's got a thing for the American West. He's he does. I love the American West. I love Kevin Costner. I love I love westerns. Oh God. I, I, <sighs> I saw that in the theater too. You gotta you pick. Did. You gotta pick one. You can have. You can only have one for the rest of your life. Which one do you pick? Denzel Wolves. F- oh fuck yourself. <laughs> Come on, don't give me the Dance of the Wolves routine. <laughs> a, you're screwing up the quote. The don't <laughs> give me is after come on blank. Yeah. Here's my question for you, Connor. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to need you to I'm gonna keep it 100. Yeah. Who should have won the Oscar for Best Picture in 1990? Dance of the Wolves. Why are you on this show? <laughs> why why, why are you, you on this show? <laughs> you honestly would have voted for Dance of the Wolves in 1990? In 1990, absolutely, yes. No, that doesn't count. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about adult Connor. Yes. It's not. It's. I love me a Western epic. Doesn't mean I don't love this movie. It just means I love me a Western epic more. Wow. I, are you, Ron? You okay? No, I'm not. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I just vomited in my mouth a little. Sorry, I, I have to bring this up. But what are your thoughts on Annie Hall? Don't have to answer that. Oh God. Well, this ties in a little bit to the question we asked the guests. Which, oh, God. Which is... Uh, Just cut Connor's mic. I can't, I can't listen <laughs> to this anymore. <laughs> the question we asked the guests was, Goodfellas or The Godfather? Oh, wow. And That's oh, I saw, Ga- I saw Gabe tweeting about this. Gabe yes. Hardman tweeting about this. <laughs> okay, go on. So, I wonder if you ask him that. This was a landslide. Did you not ask them uh, Goodfellas or Dance of the Wolves? No. Oh, you should have done that. Anyway, okay. Because everyone knows what a right-thinking person would say. Right. So this was a landslide. Goodfellas was far and away the choice. In fact, the abstentions uh, beat out The Godfather. Wow. Uh, while we did the show, many people said they were bigger Godfather fans, and they just didn't get to answer the question. So that's just what the people voted. However, I feel we need to quote Gabriel Hardman for this one. Okay, let's hear it. He, was, he writes, Gabriel Hardman writes, Goodfellas, all caps. However... This question is unfair. There's an enormous <laughs> appeal to the pseudo-operatic style of Coppola's movie, and while they're very different, the films may not be as different as Scorsese would like you to believe. Goodfellas does its share of mythologizing, too. The last part of the movie may intend to dismantle that, but everybody is still pretty cool. I'm picking Goodfellas because that's the movie I go back to more than Godfather. Probably more than Dances with Wolves, too. Probably. Oh, Gabe loves Dances with Wolves. Oh, God. No, no he doesn't. Um, I would like to. I would like to. That's a great question, guys. That was, that was good stuff. I would like to hearken back to our good friend Matt Gorley. And if you prefer Goodfellas, tweet it at us with hashtag Goodfellas wins. <laughs> or if you prefer Dance of the Wolves, tweet at us Dance of the Wolves wins. Don't you think the more interesting question would be Godfather? We talked about this, and I've said it before. I there. I love them both, and I love them both for the thing. I pick Goodfellas over Godfather every time, but to me, they are completely different movies. 
Yes. And I, I, which is which is the opposite of what Gabe is saying, which I understand that. But like they're just they're just like two different types of movies completely. They put you in a different place in terms of I would I feel like you can watch parts of Goodfellas and get like a little thrill out of watching that. Where like Godfather, I feel like you have to you have to really settle in and pay attention to it. Maybe that's I don't know. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I just need to. So as we're doing this, I, I have I have the IMDb page for the movie up and I happen to scroll down to the very bottom to where they bubble up uh, people's posts from the IMDb message boards. And the most recent one uh, was from February 9th, 2016, where a user by the name of Amazing Zing Zing posted why I hate this movie. He says, number one, the narration is way too much. I can see what's happening on screen. I don't need you to keep reminding me. I love those kind of reviews. <laughs> I love it. Number two. The, 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 guy, the guy who, like, second guesses a masterpiece. What's that yeah. about? Number two, the doo-wop soundtrack. It made the movie look sugary sweet. <laughs> the, the scene where Billy Bats gets whacked is totally ruined by soppy music. What's wrong with some heavy metal or rock and roll? Something moody and dark. I don't understand subtext. <laughs> Number three, the cast, the same old mafiosa actors, Frank Vincent, Pesci, and De Niro. <laughs> they started it with this. <laughs> Wait, here we go, Pesci and De Niro. What's wrong with Danny DeVito, Bobby Cannavale, Bruno Kirby, Chuck Zito, Armando Sante? <laughs> was Bobby Cannavale like eight when this movie was made? <laughs> Can you imagine can't, if Jimmy was do math. Can you imagine if Jimmy was played by Armando Sante? Imagine if Tommy was played by Danny DeVito. Bobby Cannavale was 18 when this movie was made. Oh God! Spider. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just wanted to. I just wanted to highlight that up. So, so you sorry. both, you both vote Goodfellas. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, Josh, you you agree or disagree? Yeah, probably. But I I really love The Godfather. So I don't. People are binary, and they hear one. They're like, "I love The Godfather. I think it is, it is super fun to watch." And and, I, and like when I watch it, all the lines come back in the same way. But it isn't as quotable as this movie. It's not as fun to bandy about like this one at all. Right. There's not as many silly characters, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. There's little- no. There's no. There's no Frankie Carbone. I mean, the the silliest character you get in The Godfather is Sonny. Like yeah. Even he's right? like terrified with Clemenza when it's he's maybe making Clemenza. Sauce. Yeah, well, you got, yeah, you got you got your meat, you got your sauce. You got, you, you, if yeah. I'd like, that's the best I could do. Yeah, like I, I don't laugh in the good in the Godfather that much. Mm, no, well, well, maybe at the end with the orange peel. Oh, it's the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but again, again, there's not as much of it. Yeah. There's no, there's no eight fucking eight. There's no eight, eight, six apron joists on this guy. There's there no, isn't that. There's no whoever sold you those suits has got a real sense of humor. <laughs> All right, hold on to these quotes till this is gonna come up later in the week. All right, all right, there you go. All right, well, it's okay. So uh, we got we we got some work to do, as we as we said yesterday. We need to thank every patron who has supported the show at Patreon.com/gfm. Um, we've been giving out mob names, and today we got two more patrons that we need to bestow mob mob mob. Wow, knob noms. <laughs> Mob names too. Or Listen, no, no. 142 episodes is a lot of episodes. It's a lot. Okay, so our first patron that we need to give a mob name to is Kevin Hardison. Kevin Hardison. Doctor Hard. Doctor. The doctor. <laughs> doctor Kevin. Doctor. Doctor Kevin. Doctor Hard. <laughs> no, we're not doing Doctor Hard. Well, and saying you could do Dr. Hard. Or, Connor, do we save the doctor for the next name? I just put it out there. We don't have to use it. I'm not. 
I'm up. I feel like we should use it in this in this episode. I think the next name is better. All right. Okay. Doctor Fink. Oh. Kevin. I got one. I got one. Fast. Fast hands, Kevin. Fast hands. That's weird. That's really weird. I was gonna say Kevin Fingers. Really? Yeah. I like that. Just because fast hands is awkward to say. Can't say fast hands fast. He's a good thief. He's a good thief. That's like fingers. Light fingers. Light fingers. Too long. He's not. He's not. He's not a character in Dances with Wolves. (laughs) Tatanka. Is that that okay? That's literally the only thing I remember from that godforsaken movie is Tatanka. And the only reason I know that is because whenever I watch Battlestar Galactica, literally whenever Rosalind was on screen, my wife or I would go Tatanka. <laughs> and I every only know time. that you, I only know Tatanka because you told me that every time. Exactly. <laughs> That's the only reason yeah. I know it. Kevin Fingers. Kevin Fingers. All right. So the mafia name generator for Kevin Hardison says Big Fat Mario. <laughs> Which I feel like I feel like uh, is better than Fingers. So there you go. All right. So our next name, all right, is Alan Aguilera, of which I say we we say Doctor Al. Doctor Al. Doctor Al. In the books. All right. This is creepy. This is crazy. The mafia <laughs> name generator. Third leg Al. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wow. I think. I think that the, the Mafia name generator beat us twice this week. <laughs> I do. I agree. I do agree. I agree. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this other extra long episode. Um, so tune in tomorrow for episode 143. You never know what might happen. It's getting crazy towards the end here. we got more credits to get through. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Goodfellas Minute, and on Instagram, Facebook, at Goodfellas Minute. And if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. And, of course, go to goodfellasminute.com slash support, where you can support the show uh, by shopping via Amazon. And we thank everybody who has helped the show out. We appreciate it. Until tomorrow, screw Dances with Wolves. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.